growing here in New Hope and the things he's doing. And I don't know if you had a chance to walk around and check out the youth sanctuary and the offices, just all the things that God has done. Uh, I'm glad and I'm proud to be a part of the body here at New Hope. I'm glad to be about my father's business. Just very exciting to me, very encouraging. Uh, I want to encourage everyone here, every individual that is here, jump in, jump right in, become a part, become a laborer in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, it's exciting. I mean, that's what we're here for. So this morning we had our fun, we had a little respite from the usual preaching, and we had some cookies and got to mingle and talk, but now it's time to get back to the Word, amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for the things that you are doing here at New Hope. Lord, we thank you for the sweet time of worship, Lord God. We pray, Lord, that you receive it, Lord, and that you see that we love you, Lord, as a people, Lord. Lord, we pray that you are blessed by our worship always here at New Hope, Father God. Lord, that we would use all of our God-given skills and talents to glorify you all of our days, Lord. Lord, as we break this bread open, Lord God, we pray that we can all eat and be nourished from these words, Lord God, from the words of the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And you can be seated. Now I'm wondering, I'm wondering what kind of religion it is that you have tonight. I'm wondering what kind of religion you have, what kind of religion it is. I'm sure most people will say, well, you know, I got, I'm Protestant, I'm, I'm a Christian, uh, I'm a Christian. You know, most of us would say that in here, all of us maybe. You know, I, I believe a lot of people don't actually know what that actually is. I believe a lot of people don't actually know what biblical Christianity is. I believe that. I know that we all know the basics. Jesus died on the cross, uh, you have to... Say the sinner prayer to get into heaven, believe on Jesus. We all know that stuff. But when it comes down to real biblical Christianity, I believe a lot of people don't actually know what that is. Uh, we'll explain that tonight. Everyone turn in your Bibles to the opening text in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. I know Pastor has, has spoke on this scripture a lot in times past, and this is an awesome scripture. And as I was praying this week, asking the Lord to speak to me, to speak to his servant, and he took me back here once again. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. I got a lot of scripture tonight. Uh, Melissa's going to do her best to put it up on the screens for you. If not, turn to your word, and here it goes. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Let me read that at first part again. It says, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old path, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. And I'm here to tell you, there are two types of Christianity going on. And I'll even go so far as to say this. There's two types of Christianity that goes on even here in New Hope. Now, there's a, for lack of a better term, I believe there's a pseudo-Christianity out there. I believe there's a, a New Age Christianity out there. I believe there's a, 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 a new American modernized type of Christianity where these people can claim all the good promises in the Bible, all the good things in the Bible, but not all the tough stuff in the Bible. There is a false Christianity out there. There's a Christianity where people don't know their word, yet they're somehow still a, a Christian on their way to heaven. There's a Christianity out there where people don't pray, yet they're somehow in a relationship with Jesus Christ without praying at all. There's a Christianity out there today in modern churches, even infiltrated in New Hope, where we do whatever we want, yet somehow we're, or we're a Christian. I'm telling you, there is a different kind of Christianity out there that is not biblical. Biblical Christianity, biblical faith is different than not praying, than not seeking God, than not knowing your word, never reading your word. There are two types of Christianity, and it's infiltrated even in New, in new Hope. New Age Christianity, this modern Christianity that is out there now, those people... I'll go so far as to say they do have God in the top 10 of their priorities in life. He's up there somewhere. Maybe he's even, even in the top five. But I'm here to tell you there are people, God is not number one. He's not number one. He's up there. He's important. Yes, you know, God is this and that. 
but he's not number one. Whatever it is, I don't know. Self, sports, leisure time, I don't know what is number one in people's lives, but it's not God. Pseudo-Christianity, that's a false Christianity. Biblical Christianity, God is number one over everything, over your family, over your wife even. God is, he is first. He's number one in biblical Christianity. He comes before all else, comes before all your other decisions. Jesus Christ does. That's biblical Christianity. Pseudo-Christianity, people don't pray, don't know their word. They'll claim all the good stuff, all the good promises. But yet when something hard happens, they'll chuck it or they'll blame God. There is an old-time religion, though, that's real. There's an old-school faith that's real and tangible. There is an old path, like we read in the opening text. There is an old path out there. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the old ways and see and ask for the old path. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. See, I see two problems with that scripture already. First one, the Lord says, stand ye in the ways and ask for the old path. We don't even know where the old path is. You understand that that good old path, at least the good old real religion, we don't even know where it is unless we ask God. We have got to go to God and say, God, where is this old path? I don't even know where it is. The only path we know is the path of least resistance, the easiest way. That doesn't lead to God. The old path is the what God tells, stand in, ye in the way and ask for the old path. That's the way God wants us to travel is on the old path. We don't even know where it is without asking God. Then if we do know where it is, we don't know what it is. What is the old path? What old path are you talking about, God? I know you're telling me to go find this old path, but what is the old path? Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the way and see and ask for the old path. What old path? What path do you want me to travel, God? I'll tell you what the old path is. The old path is prescribed in the law of God. The old path or or the written word of God. The old path is the path that the saints traveled. The old path is the way that the patriarchs and the matriarchs in the word traveled. The old path is the same path Abraham took, Isaac took, Jacob took, Sarah took, Samson took, all those old people of old. That's the old path. True and real biblical religion. The old way. Not the, not the new way. Not this new religion we have where you don't have to pray, where you don't have to read, you don't really have to do anything, don't have to be involved in the kingdom of God, yet somehow you're still saved and you're a Christian. That's new stuff. That's not the old path. That's not the old time religion. Mm-mm. It's the way that Daniel walked. It's the footsteps that Joseph walked. Remember the story of Joseph? It's the path that Stephen took. Ever read the story about Stephen? It's the path that Apostle, or the Apostle Paul took. Those are the old paths. It's the way that Job took. It's the way that Jesus Christ took. It's the old school path. Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to go through and look at some of these people and see what they did. And we are going to find this old path. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to start reading in verse 1. We've got to jump around a bit in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Wherefore seeing we are we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now the Bible says that first sentence there says, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Well, what witnesses? Well, if you know your word, the Bible is actually referring back to chapter 11, the chapter before that. You know what chapter 11 is? Sometimes we call it the hall of faith. Bible, so we'll go, let, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. Now think about this great cloud of witnesses that are about us, the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 11, we'll start in verse 32. Now this is after the Bible's talked about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all these awesome things that the people of God did through faith, through real biblical faith. These people did these awesome works for God and were able to come through the fire. So the Bible's talking about real old-time religion. 
in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 says, And what shall I say more? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and David and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of aliens, women's received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and of imprisonments. So they were stoned, sawn asunder, were tempted, slain with the word, with a sword, yet wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, in caves of the earth. Those people, that is the great cloud of witnesses. Now, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, that first sentence says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Bible says that's the cloud of witnesses to you. Bible is referring us. Hey, look back at these people. Through faith, look what they did. Subdued kingdoms. They were tortured, yet they made it through. The Bible says, hey, go back to those people. That's the old path I want you to travel. That's real biblical faith. I've surrounded you with those people, with those stories in the Word to encourage you, to show you the way, to trod in the footsteps that they walked in. Amen? Not to not pray, not to not get involved. No, he's saying, look at these people. The Bible's saying, refer back to these people. Look back on them. Look back on Father Abraham. Look back on Isaac and Jacob, all of our patriarchs and matriarchs in the Word. We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. I mean, this stuff, these stories, you know, they're just not stories for our reading. And, oh, I guess they're to encourage us, to show us the way. The Bible's telling us to study what happened to them. Walk in the way they walk. Travel in the path that they travel. I come up with a few examples, and we're going to go through them so that we all are clear on what this old path is, where it is, what it consists of. Because good luck to you if you're satisfied with having a relationship with Jesus that has no prayer and no study in your word, and you don't know the word. Good luck to you on Judgment Day. I wish you the best. But I, I, as for myself, I want to travel the old path. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember the story about them? Daniel chapter 3, verse 13. These dudes, these three dudes had old-time religion. I'm here to tell you, old-time religion. Daniel chapter 3, verse 13 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that they brought these men before the king. That's because these three men, when the music played, they refused to worship the, the golden image or whatever it was that the king set up. And you'll notice when we go through all these different examples that always, always, always the odds are stacked against the man of God. It's always just one man of God versus the kings, versus the counselors, versus the administration, versus all the people with power, prestige, and money. Always all that stuff stacked against the tiny Christian. And the Bible's telling us, go back. That's the old path. Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut and psaltery and dulcimer and all kinds of music you fall down and worship the image which i have made well well but if you worship not you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace and who is the god that shall deliver you out of my hands now here's the old time religion shadrach meshach and abednego answered and said unto the king o nebuchadnezzar we are not careful to answer thee in this matter if it be so our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, 
Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Ladies and gentlemen, that's old-time religion. There's no compromise. There's no discussion. There's no let's talk about this. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego came to the king who had the power to, to kill them, to slay them, to do whatever he want, throw them in prison, to throw them in stocks. Whatever the king wanted to do, he had the power to do it. But Nebuchadnezzar, or but the three guys said... We aren't doing it. Our answer is no. If God delivers us, fine. If he doesn't, let it be known we aren't doing it. That's old-time religion. See, there's no discussion, no this, no that, no compromise. It's black and white. No. They just said no. King, no. We won't do it. That's old-time religion. We got New Age Christians who we can't even get to come to church. It's sad. Have brothers and sisters nowadays get a mosquito bite and they need to take three weeks of church off to heal up from it. Let's, let's give me a break. I remember we had some, I was a young boy, a teenager, and I remember that some of the saints that have died in this church having diseases. Through the, I remember some guys coming to this church half dead and praising the Lord and worshiping and throwing. I remember half dead people coming to this church worshiping God. You couldn't keep them out. They were nearly dead. And they came to church. Why? Because they traveled the old paths. See, the new age people, they ain't going to come. New age people sneeze and they're staying home. Good luck to those people. Good luck to them. Daniel chapter 6. How about you remember our patriarch Daniel? What he went through. Daniel chapter 6 verse 7 says this. All the presidents, here we go again, everybody's stacked against Daniel, everyone, all the powers, all the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, the princes, the counselors, the captains, all these people consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days except the king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king... Establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which alters not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now listen, old school religion. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did before time. Here we have the old-time religion. Once again, everyone stacked against the man of God. The counselors, this king, that king, this guy with power, this guy with money, this guy with authority, stacked against Daniel. And Daniel says, the Bible says, and when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, Daniel knew it was a law, illegal, to worship any god, to ask anything of any god other than the king. The Bible says Daniel knew it. But Daniel traveled the old paths. They said he knew it, and he did as what he did aforetime, meaning he did this before the decree, and then after the decree, he never changed. Why? Because he had a real faith, a real immovable faith of old. He traveled the old paths. Look, I know they made a law that says I get thrown in the lion's den, but you know what? I'm doing exactly what I did before. And I can just envision Daniel right before his great big old bay window that faced Jerusalem, worshiping and praising God and praying three times a day as he did before that was a law. And it ends up, he gets busted, thrown in the lion's den, and we know that God delivers him from the lion's den. I watched a documentary um, on Nat Geo. It was called, I think it was called Lions versus Hyenas. I don't know if anyone ever saw that, but it's awesome. It's on Netflix. If you got Netflix, watch it. You'll know I'm telling the truth. It was about these lions, this pride of lions over in Africa, uh, these great big lions with these big manes. And it was about one pride that, I don't know, 25 lions or so, and all of them were lionesses and cubs. And there was two big giant males that ruled this big pride. And they had a particular territory and they would fight with these hyenas, and hyenas are pretty nasty too. Well, in this, uh, in this documentary, it showed this, this great big giant gang of uh, hyenas came to fight 
off. The, the lionesses had made a kill, a wildebeest or whatever it was. They killed something and were feasting on it. Well, 30 or 40 of these hyenas came up against 10 or 12 of the lionesses and scared them off. Well, right when they scared them off, these two male lions, see, they run the borders of their territory all day. These things would get up in early in the morning and run these borders. And whatever animal come past them borders, they slaughtered it. Well, these hyenas came and they scared the lionesses off to kill. And these two male lions, I'm telling you, it was graphic as could be. And even warned before the show that this is graphic. These two male lions, their faces was full of scars all over. These things were scarred up from fighting. I mean, these male lions fight now. They're rough beasts. They come running in, and this lion, it didn't even bite the hyena. It swiped its paw at one of the hyenas and hit it so hard, it broke the hyena's back. And it was, the hyena was just sitting there wallowing around, and it, the lion just walked away. Just killed it. Never ate it, anything. They just kill stuff. They're so mean. And that's what Daniel faced. To get thrown in with those lions, scarred up. No way you stand a chance against that. But Daniel walked the old paths that he knew well. I'll, I'll probably get thrown in the lion's den, but you know what? My faith is so real to me. My faith is my number one priority. God is number one in my life. Even if that happens to me, I'm doing what I did a four time, and that's pray three times a day right in front of my window. He didn't hide it. He didn't change what he was because a law changed. That's, that's the old paths. That's old-time religion. How about our father Abraham? Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22. Still got a few more examples. <clears throat> father Abraham, one of our patriarchs from the Word. Genesis chapter 22, verse 7. And Isaac, Abraham's son, spake unto Abraham his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called out from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fears God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thickets by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. That is old-time religion. Old-time religion. Abraham spared not his only son. And God said, now I know that you fear me. Now I know that you fear me. Here, now. It rains a half inch and we can't come to church. It snows a half inch and we, we want church canceled. You wonder why pastors won't cancel church when it snows. That's new age religion. That is new age Christianity. If you can't make it, maybe you're elderly, you can't drive. All right. But do you think Father Abraham offered his own son? Do you think he said, hey, pastor, I won't be there tonight. It snowed a half inch in my neighborhood. I can't be there tonight. No way. He would have been to church no matter what. No matter what. He gave up his only flesh and blood for God. That's the old path. That's old time religion. That shows right there. That shows Abraham's priority. Was it his family? No. His number one priority was God above his own flesh and blood. You see that? I love my wife. I love my children. But Abraham, the, which the Bible tells us, go back and look at these we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Go back and look at Father Abraham. Read what he did. Read what he went through. So we study this, and it shows us Abraham, his priorities, number one was God. And after that was family and so on and so forth. He proved it by offering his own son. For now I know that thou fears God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. The Bible tells us, go back and look at these people. That's the paths I want you to travel. I want you to trod where they trod. 
Stand ye in the way and ask for the old paths. God is first. New Age religion, we have people that don't even know their Bibles. Don't even know the Word. Don't read the Word. Do you think Abraham, do you think Abraham, if he were alive today, would know his Word? Oh, he would study it day and night. He would meditate on it day and night. And we don't even know our Word. Turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 16. Everybody remember Samson? Judges chapter 16, verse 27 says, Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And the roof uh, were there upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. So here we have yet again all these people stacked against it, thousands of people stacked against Samson. And we know that Samson messed up and gave up his secret, and they shaved him, and he lost his strength. We know that he made that mistake, and they gouged his eyes out, and there, here they are, and they beheld while Samson made sport. I don't know what they were making him do. Maybe they were making him be like a joker and dressed up in something goofy and dancing, and everybody's laughing at him and drinking beer and making fun of Samson, and there he was. The house was full of men and women, and the lords of the Philistines were there, and upon the rooftops about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. Here we go, old school religion. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on it which was borne up, one with the right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and, he, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Now, Samson had old school religion. He had the old time religion. He traveled the old paths. He knew it was going to kill him. And he said, Lord, strengthen me this one last time. And he wrecked the whole house and killed over 3,000 people, 3,000 of the enemies of God. He didn't even care that it costed him his own life. Lord, strengthen me this one last time, Lord. I'm going to die. I know this roof's going to cave in on me as well as it does them. But I don't care, Lord. Strengthen me this one last time, Father God. And he wrecks the whole house down. Samson, old-time religion. People nowadays won't even come to church Sunday nights because they're too busy or too tired. You're going to call me a liar? Then look around. This morning crowded tonight, barely half the people, if half, maybe a quarter of the people. Why? I don't know. People watching their favorite TV program. People say they got, got to put Johnny in bed. It's Johnny's nap time or Johnny's time to go to bed. He needs to go to bed by 8. you telling me God's not faithful enough to bless you with sleep, a little extra sleep. God's not faithful enough to grant you with some rest if you get home an hour later than your normal bedtime. Whatever it is, I believe God is faithful tell you what i'm thankful for my mom and dad they had some old-time religion i'll tell you as god is my witness when i was a little kid i slept underneath the pews on sunday nights as a little guy in trinity full gospel church over on munson avenue i was just there a couple months ago for a wedding and i looked down at those pews and i told my wife i used to sleep under them when i was about six or seven years old you think my mom and dad said it's your nap time no they said go to church if you're that tired sleep underneath a pew i'll tell you this is another story when I was a teenager, 13 or 14 years old, I can't remember exactly, my buddy, one of my best buddies, got into a fist fight right before church. It was on a Wednesday. Church started at 7 o'clock. This is when we went to Cornerstone Full Gospel. I was in the youth program and playing some basketball at about 6 o'clock, getting ready to come in the house because it was time to go to church. My buddy got into a fist fight with another kid. My buddy broke his hand, broke his hand, broke a bone in his hand, broken. And we're all scuffled up. We come back in because it's time to come to church. Moms and dads, come on, we're going to church. We go there. My buddy's holding his hand. What, what's wrong with you? Well, he got into a fight and he broke his hand. You know what my mom said? Get in the car. We're going to church. We went to church. My buddy went to church with a broken hand. Old time religion. Nowadays, oh, you can't go to church for three months now. You got a broken hand. Stay there. Oh, heal up, buddy. Old time religion. You're going to fist fight, then you're going to go to church. Old-time religion, the old paths. 
Some of these things I see from parents these days disgusts me, disgusts me. I lie not. If I back talk to my mom, I got blasted. If I lied, I got blasted. That's all there is to it. Nowadays, it's getting to the point where I guarantee someday, 10, 20 years down the road, that'll probably be illegal. But what should you do? Do it anyway. Even if they put you in jail, somebody from church will bail you out. God is faithful. God is faithful. I'm telling you, if you've got the pseudo-Christianity, New Ageism, New Age Christianity, modern Christianity, good luck to you on Judgment Day. <clears throat> Y'all wonder why pastor doesn't cancel church when it snows. That's why. Those are old paths, old way. Oh, Father Abraham wouldn't have canceled church. Another one. Turn in your Bibles to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, verse 13. You want a guy, you want an example of, of a patriarch of ours who had the old time faith, who had a real tangible faith that could not move him no matter what happened? Then look at Job, chapter 1, verse 13 says, And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and only I am escaped to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven. He hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and only I am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. Only I am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and only I escaped alone to tell thee. Here's the old-time religion, folks. Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Old-time religion. Old-time. That's not new age. That's old-time religion. That's real religion. See, nowadays you get sick, you instantly want to blame God. Something doesn't go your way, you instantly want to blame God. That's your fault, God. You're supposed to protect me. You're supposed to keep me. You know, Job had every right. Lord, it's your fault. Why didn't you keep my family? Why didn't you protect my donkeys? Why didn't you protect my camels that got stolen? My house got blown down. And even worse thing happened to Job, but I'll spare you the time. Worse things happened to him. He fell down and worshipped, shaved his head, ripped off his clothes. Naked I came out of my mother's womb. Naked I returned hither. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. Why? Because he traveled the old path. Because he trod the old path. And that's what the Bible in Jeremiah tells us to do. Stand ye in the way and ask for the old paths. Job traveled the old paths. What kind of religion is it that you have? I'll tell you what. I believe we struggle with the real biblical Christianity. Do we really know what that is? And we, we so easily love to claim all the promises, but we don't want to live like Job. We don't want to die like Samson. We don't want to offer up our own sons. Job traveled the old paths. Whilst we will blame God, Job traveled the old path. Job fell down and worshipped, the Bible said. <clears throat> you know that the Bible actually has another reference to go back and look at Job? The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 10, the Bible says, Take, my brethren, the prophets. See, it's referring us back again. The Bible says, Hey, go look at the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and tender. Um, 
tender of mercy. The Bible makes references to these people. Do you see that? It says go back and look at them. These are our examples of how to live. When stuff hits the fan in your family, how do you react? Do you have a real faith? Or do you start shaking your fist at God and God this and you should have done that, God, and you should have protected me. You should have got me this job. The Bible refers us to all these people. Go to them. Look at them. Look at Job, the way he reacted. When things went bad, he fell down and worshipped. Stand ye in the way and ask for the old paths. The Bible is trying to teach us the old paths. This is the old path. All of it, not just the good stuff, all of it is the old path. <clears throat> the Bible refers to us over and over the references to patriarchs and matriarchs. I got another one. How about Jesus Christ? Did he have a pseudo-false Christianity that was easy, that was everything good? Turn in your Bibles to, ch to Matthew chapter 26. What kind of religion did Jesus have? Did he walk the old path or did he take the path of least resistance? Well, I'll tell you what he took right here in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. Remember, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we know that Jesus knows what's coming up. He knows he's about to get tore up. He knows he's going to get the beating of his life. He knows he's going to get slain. He knows pain is on the way. He knows it. And he went a little further, verse 39, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Jesus walked the old paths. Jesus knew it was coming. He knew a crucifixion was coming. He knew it was going to be ugly. He knew he was going to bleed. He knew he was going to take a whipping. He knew there was a crown of thorns going to get shoved on his head. He knew mockeries and scourging was coming his way. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You see, Jesus' flesh cried out, hey, Jesus, find some other way. Can't there be some other way? But God's will was for him to go through that. Well, thank God he did. Jesus shows us right there. He walked the old paths. He walked through it, through what God wanted him to walk through. Not around it, not a detour, didn't compromise, didn't say, well, God, I'll do some of this, a little bit of that suffering, but then can't we compromise and do that? He said, nevertheless, well, I don't want to do this, nevertheless, not what I want, but thou will. Amen. Jesus was on the old path. He took the old paths. He's an example for us. I'll tell you, we'll say whatever we want. We'll do whatever we want. We'll watch whatever we want. I hear brothers and sisters talk about certain movies, and I think, man, that movie looks terrible. Oh, man, that movie was awesome. Rated R, all kinds of cursing and vulgarity and taking the Lord's name in vain. I don't see how that's right. I don't see how it lines up. Well, I'm telling you, there is a pseudo-Christianity out there, and there is a real biblical Christianity. We'll divorce, we'll compromise, we get offended so easily nowadays. We're apologetic towards the, the Word. We're apologetic to others towards Christ. Well, I don't mean to offend you, brother, but... Um, and here's a big one. We're too busy. Say, so we're too busy. Good luck to you on Judgment Day. You can tell God whatever in the world you got to tell him. Tell him you had kids, that they made you too busy. Tell him you had to work so much. Tell him your schedule didn't line up. Good luck to you. Whoever you may be, good luck to you on Judgment Day. You can tell God whatever in the world you want to tell him. See, because I walked through a period of that in my life where I was too busy. Oh, yeah, come on, Lord, I got this going on, that going on. I'll catch up with you. I'll start, you know, being more involved when, you know, when things settle down. That's a lie because things never settle down. Who here sits around with all the time in the world? None of you do. There's always stuff going on. I'm telling you, God has got to be our number one priority before all other things. Before all else, we are too busy. 
We have created a new Christianity, a Christianity that fits in with our busy schedule, a Christianity where we don't necessarily have to pray that much, a Christianity where, no, you don't have to read, Christianity where you don't need to, to meditate on the Word. We've created that, a fake, a fictitious Christianity. It seems real, but it isn't. It's not Christianity of the Bible. Biblical Christianity talks about hell. Amen? You want to talk about some of the books Pastor Bender mentioned? They don't talk about hell. Biblical Christianity deals with hell, an eternal lake of fire, where you're a worm, you got a personal worm. That, that stuff is true. It is in this word. Biblical Christianity talks about hell. Biblical Christianity deals with sin. You're drawn away of your lusts. Biblical Christianity talks about sin. You hear preaching from this pulpit about sin, somebody's doing a good job because they're talking about the old paths. Biblical Christianity talks about holiness, living a holy life. Is it holy when you go to the movies and listen to a, a, a movie with 120 F words in it? Is that holiness? Biblical Christianity talks about repentance, repenting of your sins and actually being changed. Biblical Christianity talks about the Holy Spirit. We've been hearing about that lately, haven't we? Biblical Christianity, it's in the Scriptures. The Holy Ghost is a part of this thing. There, I'm telling you, there is a biblical Christianity and there is a pseudo-Christianity. There's a new age, modern Christianity. The modern Christianity doesn't have to deal with hell. Man, hell, it, that's a... Modern Christianity doesn't have to deal with sin. I'm telling you, if you got that one, good luck to you. Don't say I didn't tell you. We have created a religion where God, he's a, he's a top priority He's in the top ten, but he's not number one. Jesus is a priority, but he's not number one. God ends up being just another slice of the pie in your life. Now, if your life was a big pie chart, divided up, 49% of your time spent working, 20% of your time spent sleeping, God would just be another slice of that pie. 15% God being a Christian. Good luck to you. We, we get amused by the things of the world. And the world does create some awesome stuff. The world's got some awesome stuff going on. It just so easily just lulls us away from what's real and what's important. We have created a friendship with the world even. I'm telling you what, that, that is not what biblical Christianity, there is no friendship between you and the world in biblical Christianity. And I'm wondering, what religion do you have? Which religion do you have? Do you have biblical Christianity? Biblical Christianity. Christianity as described in the laws of God, as described in this word. I got another example for you. Stephen, turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 7. wonder what kind of Christianity, what kind of religion Stephen had. Let's find out. Let's see if it's a pseudo-New Age, or let's see if it's biblical Christianity. Which one did Stephen have? The Bible says in Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Now, this is him preaching. And, and I doubt if he was whispering this. I would say he was screaming it. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by disposition of the angels and have, kept it, have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And listen how angry this mob got against him. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned 
Stephen calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I'm going to have to go with a old time religion. He's got old-time religion. Stephen traveled the old paths as these dudes were picking up bricks and lobbing them at him because he preached at them so hard. They stopped their ears and they were pricked in their hearts, the Bible said. These people hated him because he preached the truth to them. And they came and grabbed hunks of concrete and big hunks of stone to lob and to kill him. He even said, Lord, lay this sin not at him because he saw heaven open. He saw Jesus. He saw it. He traveled the old paths. The Bible says, stand ye in the way and ask for the old paths. He had old-time religion. Do you think if Stephen was home and it snowed a half inch, would he stay home from church? Negatory. Do you think if he would have had a mosquito bite, he would have said, I need to take three weeks off, Pastor. I got a mosquito bite on my arm. I won't be, I'll be catch up with you in a month. Nope as they were lobbing bricks at him to kill him, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Stephen had old-time religion. That's all there is to it. Then we'll start winding this down. But I got another example for you. How about Paul and Silas? Remember them? Acts chapter 16, verse 18. And uh, Paul and Silas had a, a girl, a, a diviner, a soothsayer, or whatever, following them and, and screaming things at them as they traveled in it and started getting on Paul's nerves. And we pick up in verse 18 of chapter 16. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. Here they are again, stacked up, all the odds stacked up against Paul and Silas before the magistrates, before all the bosses, before all the people in charge. It's just measly old Paul and Silas. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. Verse 22. And the multitudes rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. So Paul and Silas are getting beat down. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And listen, do they have old school religion or new age religion? Let's see. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. So here they are, these two men. They cast out a spirit of divination out of a, of a soothsayer, out of a young girl. The, the boss gets mad and brings them before the magistrates, and then they get beat down. They get flogged on, and not only do they get put in jail, they get put in the inner jail. I don't know if that's like the solitary confinement type sector or whatever. And they not only get put in jail, they get put in stocks. And I don't know if that's the thing where your head goes in there or if your feet or whatever gets something gets shackled. So you're not only in jail, you're in stocks. Man, they should say, God, you should have delivered us. That's what new age Christianity was. Where were you at, God, when they was beating us? Nope, not to the man or to the woman that has real religion. The Bible says at midnight, they started worshiping God and praising God. And all the other prisoners heard them, the Bible says. Let's keep reading. And suddenly, verse 26, there was a great earthquake. You know, I believe that great earthquake came straight from God. Because when he sees someone with pure religion who goes through fire, and when they're in the midst of the fire, they're worshiping God. Just like Rod started us out tonight by saying, you know what, when things are good, that's good. It's easy to praise God. But blessed be the name of God still when we're in the valley, when things don't go our way. Now, things didn't go Paul and Silas's way, and they started singing praises. 
And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners have fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came, trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas, just the little measly men of God, here this jailers, falls before them, and brought and he called for a light, sprang in, came trembling, and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He wanted saved because he seen true religion. He saw the old paths. He saw something real, something unmovable, something that doesn't get shaken by a beatdown, something that doesn't get shaken by stocks. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour, the same night, and washed their stripes. And he was even baptized. This jailer got baptized, washed them, and got baptized. He and all his family straight away, immediately. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. What kind of religion did Paul and Silas have? Old-time religion. Old-school faith. Old faith that when you go through the fire, it stands up. It's still real. You know what I believe? I believe if we can adopt this, if we can get this old-time faith, if we can travel the old paths, a lot of people will reject us. A lot of people will say you're crazy. But I believe a lot of people, when they see the real deal, they'll say, how can I be saved? And we'll start baptizing people in their whole household the self-same hour. Amen? Booth, if you want to play a song, we're going to spend some time here at the altar praying. I want to ask you, what religion do you have? What religion do you have? Pseudo-Christianity? Modern time, New Age American Christianity. Everything's good. Everything's supposed to be fine. Prosperity. Or what path are you traveling? What path are you on? Is the path you're on broad? Is the path you're on wide? Is the path you're on got all your friends with you? Or is the path you're on narrow? Is the path you're on lonely? So I'll tell you what, the old paths, they're kind of lonely at times. The old paths, when you're walking on them, when you're trodden on the same footsteps Father Abraham trodden on, when you're walking and you see the footsteps of Job, your homies won't be there anymore. You'll be all by yourself. What religion do you have? What religion do you have? I'm going to close with this, and I invite everyone to this altar. Get this biblical Christianity into your life. Study the Word. Make it yours. Don't just... Believe whatever the pastor says every week and that's all you get. I'm telling you what, study this thing. Make yourself some time to learn your word for yourself. I'm going to close with this. Opening text, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. Amen? Amen. Let's stand.